The Horse and Hound podcast. Hello and welcome to the Horse and Hound podcast daily Tokyo special supported by Togi. I'm Pippa Room, magazine editor at Horse and Hound, and I am out in Japan with our dressage editor, Polly Bryan. How's it going, Polly? Hi, Pippa. It is going so well. I'm buzzing that the competition is now officially underway. We had a great day out at the venue today, didn't we? Oh, we really did. It was so good after our days of hotel quarantine just to get out to the venue. We were actually out there yesterday for the trot up, but today was the first day of sport and it felt like things were really, really getting going and it was so exciting. Yeah, it really, really was. And uh, obviously we saw some absolutely incredible dressage. Um, It was brilliant right from the word go. Our first British rider up today was was Lottie Fry, 25-year-old Lottie, riding Everdale. Um, earlier this month, we spoke to Lottie about going to her very first Olympics. It means so much to be going to my first Olympics. In fact, I think it's not really sunk in yet. It's still kind of surreal and, yeah, I'm really excited, but kind of have no idea what to expect. Oh, it's brilliant to hear that from Lottie. And she did, of course, actually get going with her Grand Prix performance today. Polly, tell us about it. How did she and Everdale get on? Do you know, Lottie's test actually made me feel quite emotional. I don't think I'll be the only one. Um, She and Everdale just rode the most beautiful performance. Lottie rode as though it was her fourth Olympics, not her first. Um, She's so mature. She's cool as a cucumber. Um, And they pulled off a really, really stunning performance. They scored 77%, um, which was an absolutely fantastic score to get Britain off to a really, really good start. No mistakes. um, Some really top class work in that test. Lottie was thrilled. Oh, that's good to hear. And when we had that chat with Lottie, we also asked her what she was looking forward to about coming to Tokyo. The thing I'm most excited about in Tokyo is probably getting, just getting to compete with the the world's best and yeah being able to watch the this amazing competition and just just being there i guess Oh, well, Lottie was certainly in amongst some of the best in the world today. Um, and she did not look out of place at all. She led her group, which was Group A. Um, and that leads me swiftly into talking about the new format for the Olympic dressage, which um, I think we've we've all spent quite a lot of time trying to uh, read through the, the format and how it's going to work. Uh, but there's nothing like it actually getting started to figure things out. Uh, so the Grand Prix is split into six groups. The 60 riders split into six groups of 10. Three of those groups rode today and it acts as a both a qualifier for the top eight teams to go forward to contest uh, the team medals on Tuesday in the special, but also for the top 18 riders. Well, not always the top 18 riders, as I'll get to in a minute, for 18 riders to qualify through to the freestyle on Wednesday. So Polly, give us the detail there. Top 18 riders, but not quite the top 18 riders. Explain yourself. How are those top 18 riders picked out of this Grand Prix result? So it is a little bit complicated. Basically, uh, the two riders who finish top in each of the six groups get an automatic uh, ticket to the freestyle. So Lottie finished top of group A. She has automatically qualified through to compete in that freestyle. So that um, amounts to 12 riders in total that have finished in the top two positions in their group. And then there are another six riders who are the six next best performing riders. However, that doesn't necessarily mean that the top 18 scores of the Grand Prix as a whole will be the ones that go through because of course a rider who came fourth in one group for example could actually have a higher score than a rider who came second in another. 
Oh, it sounds like it could almost feel a bit unfair in some ways, but I can see that heats are kind of an exciting way to do it. And it maybe brings in line with other Olympic sports, which, of course, have heats. And even if you're faster than someone in a different heat, you might not get through to the final, I imagine, in swimming or running. And so that's quite fun and exciting. Um, So our other British rider today was Carl. And again, he's a rider that we spoke to earlier this month. We chatted to him about it, what it means to be riding at his sixth Olympics. Yeah, I am delighted to be, you know, picked again for my sixth Olympic Games. You know, it's worked in my favour. I think if this had been last year, uh, that wouldn't have happened because Vogue wasn't ready to take on the challenge. So the fact that I've had this extra year um, has been fantastic for me, fantastic for him. And, you know, to be selected with him, I'm very excited about him. So, yeah, very much looking forward uh, to taking my experience and seeing, seeing what I can do this year. So having heard from Carl just there about riding here in Tokyo, Polly, how did he get on today riding on Vogue? I, when I use that example of somebody coming fourth in their group with a higher score than someone who might have uh, come higher in, in their other group, I was actually thinking of Carl. He did finish fourth in his group. He had um, a mixed round with Vogue, but generally it was incredibly positive. Carl was very, very pleased. I think he was very relieved, actually. Vogue is a nervous horse. He's very hot. He's very nervous. Carl said he was quite on edge in the warm up. Um, Carl said it could have really gone one or two ways in the arena, and it went the positive way. Um, they produced some incredible work. Vogue is so talented. I love watching him. They did have two pretty expensive blips. Um, one in the two-time changes, which uh, Carl omitted was, was rider error. Um, the other was in the extended canter. That dragged their score down, sadly, from what would have been, you know, a real high 70s score to 75. Carl did say, though, that he was hoping for 75 or above. So uh, that was mission accomplished in terms of the score. Really promising for the rest of the competition. Hopefully, you know, it looks good for uh, for Great Britain getting through to the special in the team competition. And to recap there, it's the top eight teams that go through to it the special. It is, yep. Top eight teams so far. It's the Netherlands sitting at the top, uh, followed by Denmark, then Britain. But of course, those three teams will have two riders go today. Other teams, such as Germany, only had one rider go today. And talking of Germany, I think uh, there was a German rider who went at the end of today who I know you were really looking forward to seeing, Polly, yeah. and she did impress. Who was that? Oh, so Jessica von Bredo Vandal. I think she is one of my favourite riders. I wish she was British, I have to say. <laughs> she pulled out an absolute cracker of a test to finish up today's competition. She scored 84% with TSF Delera, who is the, just the most beautiful, elegant, but also very powerful mare. For me, I think her test got better as it went along. She actually had a pretty bad um, spook before going into the uh, arena, I think, um, I think it was at one of the judges' boxes. But yeah, they, they pulled out a, a real stunning test. Germany are going to be incredibly difficult to beat in this competition. If you don't already follow Jessica on Instagram, I definitely recommend that you do so because she has a beautiful life. Everything about her is beautiful. Her, her horses, always super groomed. I'm someone who, if someone has got like 15 things on their Insta stories, I'm like, move on. I don't need that much of you in my life, but I always watch all of Jessica's. So there's a little recommendation for you listeners. She's definitely not paying me. Who, <laughs> who else impressed you today, Polly? Well, it was very exciting to see um, Edward Girl for the Netherlands bring out uh, his young superstar, Total US, who is a son of the great Total Ass. And I can really see his, his sire in him, actually. He is so expressive. Oh, my God. 
God. I mean, you know, his really extravagant movement will not be to everyone's taste. It certainly impressed the judges. He scored 78% today. Probably the thing that most caught my eye, though, was um, Edward's bright, or and I mean bright, <laughs> orange tailcoat. All the Dutch riders are riding in bright orange tailcoats. And you couldn't miss them, I tell you. They were like beacons in the dark. And I know that Edward really quite liked it because at the end of your interview with him, I heard you say, can we talk about the tailcoat? And he was pretty enthusiastic about the he idea. <laughs> so I'm going to let you talk about one more rider at this juncture, Ooh, Polly. Who okay. are you taking? Who am I going to talk about? Oh, it's got to be Catherine Dufour. Um, she's another rider who I just really, really like. Um, I think she's absolutely lovely. She's very, very chatty. She's an absolute pleasure to interview and really funny as well. Um, and she and her lovely uh, chestnut gelding bohemian, they also had a real corker of a test today it was interesting because I I slightly felt that possibly she wasn't putting you know pedal to the metal while she was going through her test and uh when when she came out I asked her whether that was the case and she said well there were certain areas that she did really push in other areas where she rode much more conservatively um of course the aim of the game today is to qualify through for the freestyle which she did easily winning group b and and obviously to get her team through um she doesn't need to pull out you know her best ever test uh on 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 day one today's score doesn't actually count for anything other than being being that all-important qualifier but no she is definitely one to keep an eye on as this uh, competition progresses i reckon Mm, interesting point there that it is clean sheet at the beginning of the team final on Tuesday. These scores get you through, but they don't count once you get there. And that's an interesting tactical point, I think, that maybe you've got to be sure of getting yourself qualified for the individual final and your team qualified, if, if that's sort of where you are as a team. But there was no need for riders to be absolutely pushing it to the max today in yeah. some cases. And Pippa, you were down in the mix zone with me um, for most of this evening and you were chatting to um, a few of the lesser known riders, or quite a few of the lesser known riders actually, Actually, who had some amazing stories. I think you really enjoyed chatting to them, didn't you? Who I, was your favourite? I really did. It's a total lucky dip because you go in there and sometimes you might know a little about the riders, so you know a little bit what you're fishing for, and sometimes you don't know much about them at all. And sometimes you try to interview someone and they don't speak any English, so you never know when a gem is going to come along. And there was definitely that moment this evening. Um, I was speaking to an Italian rider called Francesco Zaza, and I knew that he had previously evented and then turned to dressage and that there had been a bit of a break between those two things. What I didn't know was what he had done during the break. Turns out he was a wedding planner. <laughs> so, yeah, the moment when he said that, you could just, I think anyone who saw me, even behind a mask, you could see my face light up because I knew I had a headline there for the, the little features I've been doing for our website about these people, which are called Tales from Tokyo. But it was like a ding moment when he said he was a wedding planner. Oh. He was so funny. But he doesn't like weddings. Yeah, he said he doesn't <laughs> like weddings. And I said, well, are you married? And he said, yes, I like my own. Um, but he doesn't like anyone else's weddings. So, yeah, he was one of my favourites, definitely. Um, and so who else was there, Pippa? You, you spoke to quite a few. Yeah, so one who was interesting to speak to off the back of last night's opening ceremony was Dina Elliman. She is an Estonian rider who was actually one of the flag bearers for Estonia last night. This is the first Olympics which the IOC have allowed there to be two flag bearers, a man and a woman, if a country would like to do that in the interest of gender equality, which I think is brilliant. And she was the female flag bearer for Estonia. She was chosen because she is the first Estonian rider to compete at an Olympics in any discipline, dressage eventing or show jumping. And she was telling me that it's particularly special for her as well because her mare, Donna Anna, is Estonian bred. She's been with Dina 
birth since she was six months old. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah, and she was saying there's a couple of Estonian horses riding, being ridden under different flags in the show jumping, but Donna Anna, for her, it's a whole Estonian success story. So it was really lovely to speak to her. That's amazing. And that's the, what, you know, what brings so much joy in speaking to these riders is these are nations that are often very, you know, they're not represented very often in equestrian sports, but there's so much, there's so much to hear from them. They have such great stories. Yeah, they really do. And it was so much fun to speak to them all. We'll be back in a moment to talk about tomorrow's competition. The Horse and Hand podcast daily Tokyo special is supported by Toggy. Shop the sport, outdoor and British equestrian Team GBR collection at toggy.com. Technical, tested, trusted Toggy. So Polly, looking forward to tomorrow, we've got the second half of the Grand Prix, three more groups to come forward. What are we looking out for? Oh my gosh, there's so many exciting riders on tomorrow. Um, Of course, the most exciting one for, well, for us, and I'm sure for many of our readers and listeners at home, uh, it's obviously going to be Charlotte Dujardin, who is riding her lovely chestnut gelding, Geo, who is known at home as Pumpkin. Um, she is on in the final group tomorrow, Group F, and she will be riding at it's nine oh six our time here in Japan in the evening, but it'll be one oh six in the afternoon UK time. And uh, I actually I spoke to Alan Davies, her groom, um, earlier today, and he he was telling me how how all the horses were getting on, and he he was saying you know Pumpkin's looking in really good shape. He's he's recovered really well from the flight. He travelled very well. He and Charlotte are you know absolutely buzzing. Can't wait to get started. She she rode him this evening at, at I think sort of similar time to to when she'll ride tomorrow, so about nine-ish to, you know to to get to get used to that sort of temperature. Um, it was actually much cooler this evening than we thought it was going to be, wasn't it? It was cloud cover and and actually some rain at one point yeah it definitely was but I think that heat dropped off quite quickly as the sun went down the Australian rider I spoke to Mary Hannah said she felt she'd overworked her horse because when she started warming up and she was one of the first into the arena it was really quite warm and that contributed to her horse being quite tired in the test and so it's good that Charlotte's been practicing from that before we go any further let's hear from Charlotte about why she was selected on pumpkin so I chose Pumpkin just because I felt like, you know, it suited him a bit more uh, the, with the climate and we weren't really sure, you know, how they're all going to be. I mean, to be honest, it's it's between two of them. I mean, we, who knows? Until you're out there, you don't really know. Um, but Pumpkin, obviously, you know, he's younger. He's got, you know, I think he's just got a little bit more in him for the heat, I would say. And, um, you know, I mean, freestyle's incredible. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from freestyle. She is amazing and you know still got Europeans in following years to come so it's not that you know I want to try and think of Paris as well it's not far away when you actually think about it it's going to be around the corner anytime soon so I mean there's so much to think about but you know I'm so proud of Pumpkin I've got you know bought him as a young horse and now to think going to an Olympic Games with another horse I can't think of a better one. And of course, Pumpkin is, uh, he is not actually very experienced at this top level. However, Charlotte had no concerns about whether or not he would be able to cope with the atmosphere, as she told us when we spoke to her a few weeks ago. His temperament is to die for, and any question I ask him, he delivers. I mean, last night I took him down to Windsor. You know, there's a thousand people there. And, you know, he hasn't seen people in a long time. Doesn't even bother him. You know, he's there. He does the job and... You know, can't ask for much more. 
Well, I'm really looking forward to seeing Pumpkin, obviously proper name Geo. Don't get confused if you're looking for Pumpkin on the start list. His full name is Geo. But we're really looking forward to seeing him tomorrow. Who else are you looking forward to tomorrow, Polly? Well, the other the other really big one tomorrow is, of course, Isabel Wirth, who is the world number one. She is riding, obviously, for Germany um, with Bella Rose, who is her reigning world champion and European champion. They will be the very last uh, rider and horse combination to compete tomorrow. They close out Charlotte's group, actually, Group F. What's really interesting about this uh, new format is that the the riders are sort of distributed over, over the six groups according to world ranking, so that each group has um, a top rider and that the, the highest ranked riders are coming towards the end of the group hence Isabel being at the end um but what is interesting is that of course so many of these riders have actually not you know they've not been been partnering their their Olympic horses for very long for whatever reason mostly because of COVID um they haven't actually worked their way very high up the world rankings yet Charlotte's world ranking on on Geo is is not very high at all and actually she goes quite early in her group earlier than you would expect considering the way the groups are structured. So Isabel is one of the top German riders we're seeing tomorrow. There's another one too. Who is it? So we also have Dorothy Schneider, who is up closing out Group uh, E, the second to last group tomorrow. She will ride her really lovely horse Showtime, who I think is absolutely fabulous. Um, and a few other, you know, really big names as well. There's Sweden's Juliette Rommel, who will be riding Buriel. She goes just before Dorothy. Sweden, of course, lost Patrick Kittel, their top rider, as he very sadly had to withdraw before the competition started. So there's a lot of pressure on the uh, on the Swedish team. We also have the top-ranked USA rider, Adrian Lyle. She will be coming out on Salvino in Group D. We have the third rider for the Danish team. Um, we also have the Irish rider, Heike Holstein. She is the sole representative of Ireland in the dressage. Um, she rides Sambuca, who is her absolutely gorgeous homebred mare. Really excited to see how she gets on. Mm, really looking forward to tomorrow. I will be down in the mix zone again, speaking to some of the riders from different nations to find some more of those fascinating stories to uh, to bring you and to write about on the Horse and Hound website as well. I think we should finish up, Polly, by talking a little about about, about life in Tokyo, in case the, uh, the listeners would like to know what's happening you here. You just want to talk about food some more, don't you, Pepper? I always want to talk about food. I always want to talk about food. And I have to say, for lunch today courtesy of uber eats other delivery services are available we had amazing poke bowls polly um, i honestly think the tuna in my poke bowl is the best thing i've ever eaten <laughs> you were raving about it in the uh, in the chartered taxi that we got to the venue today actually speaking of which they were an absolute lifesaver weren't they today those taxis yeah they really were so yesterday we had a two and a half hour journey to the venue um one of the things about covid is that this games was very much planned around public transport and obviously covid has made that tricky we're not allowed to use public transport for our first 14 days in japan um so having chosen a hotel that was maybe a 30 or 40 minute ride by train to the venue we ended up yesterday with this incredibly long journey by by a, a games bus an official tokyo 2020 bus but we then discovered yesterday while we were at the main press center that all media are entitled to a little pile of vouchers for chartered taxis which is absolutely wonderful and quite high value to those vouchers that the organizers have been generous enough to give us which meant that we were able to take a taxi both ways to the venue today 20 30 minutes rather than a two and a half hour journey which was an absolute lifesaver for us today and will really change our, our lives in yeah. terms of arriving at the venue feeling fresh and 
being able to get home before it's, I was going to say before it's crazy late, but it is already 25 to one in the morning here. <laughs> but it could have been 25 to two or even later had we been relying on the bus home. So yeah, no, very, very grateful um, to have the, the vouchers for the taxis that the organisers have laid on. It's very, very generous of them, if you said. Definitely. Well, tomorrow we'll have a similar routine. We'll be heading into the venue just after lunch. As Polly's already explained, another three groups of the Grand Prix to go. Lots of talking to riders, lots of writing, lots of writing for our supporting writers back home who are helping us out with getting stories up on the Horse and Hound website. We're looking forward to... Big shout out to them. They've been absolutely fabulous today. Yeah, definitely. So to explain that a bit more, we've got a couple of writers every day at home working for horse and hound writing the stories as we're going along so that's really contributed to us being able to get a lot of uh, a lot of stories up on the website today and it's a system we'll be running throughout the games and polly and i will be back with you tomorrow for more games gossip we will indeed thanks polly and thank you to you for listening to the horse and hound podcast daily tokyo special supported by toggy 